This is Global News Hour at 6. Good evening. Thank you very much for joining us. We start tonight with how transit police are looking for a couple after a vicious attack on a bus. It happened in Surrey last week. Police saying it seemed to have been sparked by a fight over a seat on the bus and has left a woman seriously hurt. Jill Bennett has our top story. Transit police are hoping someone can identify this couple because officers want to talk to them. And when you think that it was just over a bus seat, it's really terrible. The two are suspects after a 61-year-old woman was attacked shortly after she boarded a 96B bus at Surrey's Central Station around 6.30 in the evening, March 20th. There was a little bit of an argument almost immediately because the woman in the window seat said that the other woman couldn't sit there because she was saving it for her husband, who she was traveling with, and then she proceeded to... Um, hip and shoulder check her so that the woman in the aisle seat fell to the floor. Drennan says the woman got up and took a seat behind the couple. Things escalated when she took her phone out to take a picture to help explain to her husband what had happened. The woman grabbed her by the hair, pulled her, her whole body over the back of the seat and then repeatedly uh, pushed the woman against the metal bar uh, that rides at the top of the seat Um, hitting her head and her chest numerous times on this metal bar. The victim suffered a broken arm, a cracked sternum and head trauma. Now police are searching for the suspects. I think they've been around here a little bit. They do look familiar. That's horrible. We should feel safe in the buses. Like, it's a public thing. The driver pulled over at 88th and King George. The couple then left the bus, but Drennan says the man grabbed the cell phone belonging to the injured woman. She followed, trying to get it back. As the the, uh, man with the cell phone sees this happening, he throws the cell phone on the ground in front of the bus, and of course it smashes uh, to bits. The couple was last seen headed to the Bear Creek Plaza area. Anyone who recognizes them is asked to contact the Transit Police tip line at 604-516-7419 or you can text them at 877777. Jill Bennett, Global News. Local tour bus operators and businesses on Granville Island say they're very upset with a new policy that's being introduced to deal with the congestion at this very popular tourist site. Tour buses will soon be banned from parking and bus companies will be charged hundreds of dollars to drop off and pick up passengers. Grace Key has the details. If you've ever driven around Granville Island, you know getting into the popular tourist attraction and finding parking can be a challenge. <laughs> it's about this bad. It'd be great to try to find parking spots. You just circle around and around. So, so and a lot of times it keeps us away on the weekends. Usually during weekdays, we would go like three times around before we find, and sometimes we have to stop until someone comes out. Normally you circle around quite a bit because uh, everybody wants to have free parking. There's not a lot. Canada Mortgage and Housing Corporation, the island's landlord, has a long-term transportation strategy to help improve access. And part of that strategy will require tour buses to buy annual permits. The fees range from $300 to $1,500, depending on the bus size and type of permit. Also, tour buses would no longer be able to park on the island, only drop off and pick up in designated areas. Right now, tour buses have six designated spots. They're now having to go off the island, so they're doubling the traffic coming into and out of the island for every bus. Fee was is is it's it's prohibitive. For a lot of small companies, it's the difference between profit and loss. 
A recent study found 5% of the visitors to Granville Island travel by tour bus, almost half by car. And when it comes to shopping, walkers spend the most, tour bus passengers the least. Merchants are also weighing in on the plan and how it could affect sales. Any disruption of tourists here is a bad thing. So what I think this is going to do is weed out tours that are actually not going to... Um, not going to bring people who want to spend money or have an awesome Granville Island Vancouver experience. In April, a meeting will be held on the policy and starting May 15, tour buses will be required to purchase the permits. Grace Key, Global News. Hundreds of people came together on Vancouver Island today to keep the hope alive for Michael Dunahy's family. With this turnout, with the money we raise, hopefully we can find some closure. Michael's father, Bruce, kicking off the 27th Keep the Hope Alive fun run in honour of his missing son. The annual five-kilometre event raises money for Child Find BC. It's been nearly three decades now since four-year-old Michael Dunahy vanished from a Victoria playground, sparking one of the largest police investigations in Canadian history. Police have received more than 11,000 tips, but what happened to Michael still to this day remains a mystery. It's so important for the community to be behind uh, the family, uh, an ordinary family who's done extraordinary things, and we're here today to keep the hope alive for them. Hope is what allows us to keep moving forward, and uh, I uh, always commend the Dunahees for um, continuing to carry this on. We do our best to, just to stay strong and to keep everybody motivated to come out and help us. At least four people on Vancouver Island have been infected with cholera in what health officials are calling an extremely rare case. It's thought the individuals contracted the illness after eating herring eggs harvested between French Creek and Qualicum Bay. Kristen Robinson has the details. All quiet on the waterfront at French Creek north of Parksville. Herring egg harvesting from here to Qualicum Bay, shut down by Fisheries and Oceans Canada, after an extremely rare cholera outbreak. Cholera is unheard of. Not in our community or anywhere along the West Coast. Island Health warning the public after up to four people who ate herring eggs from the now closed harvest area became infected with cholera. One case is confirmed, the others awaiting test results. It's the first time we've had um, Vibrio cholera cases identified within the province. Cholera outbreaks are usually associated with Haiti, Africa and parts of the world where overcrowded communities are plagued with poor sanitation and unsafe drinking water. Canada has averaged just two cases a year since 2014. It's concerning because this isn't really something that uh, is normal. We need to find out why it's here in BC. Herring and eggs among the traditional food fisheries for the Cowichan tribes. Two members recently became ill and were treated for cholera after eating herring eggs harvested in Qualicum Bay. Well, we are concerned because we haven't seen it before. This is something novel. We're working with our partners to a um, doing marine water sampling in the area of the closure. We'd like to get access to herring and herring eggs next year. And uh, that's our hope, but we don't have an answer for that yet. Until they do, the public advised not to eat herring eggs from the Mid-Island area. 
Kristen Robinson, Global News. Now, for the first time in a decade, electricity use in parts of BC actually went up not down, during Earth Hour this year. Cities around the world, including Vancouver, were encouraged to power down for an hour last night, turning off lights and appliances. It's all part of climate change awareness. But on the Lower Mainland and Vancouver Island, power use actually went up by about half a percent. This is the fifth straight year there's been a decline in British Columbians taking part. A Kelowna family is calling a deportation order they received a death sentence. Patrick McQuarrie's new bride is on dialysis and needs a kidney. But Canadian immigration says she has to go back to Indonesia. Kimberly Davidson of Global Okanagan has their story. I'm just so scared. They're still in the honeymoon phase and already at risk of being torn apart. Endang Sulasi and Patrick McQuarrie live in Kelowna now, but they met overseas in the summer of 2015. I was traveling in Taiwan and I was just out exploring the city and uh, she was in the park with a group of her friends and she waved me over. This is when we first met in Taiwan. After a summer romance, the pair stayed in touch. By Christmas, Patrick headed to Indonesia to meet his girlfriend's family with plans of bringing her back to Canada. But suddenly they both fell ill, with symptoms similar to food poisoning. I got better, but uh, ending got worse, and uh, she ended up being hospitalized. After a week in the hospital, Endang felt well enough to travel. But when she arrived in Canada, she got sick again and was diagnosed with kidney failure. She began dialysis three times a week. We didn't have insurance, and she was only here on a visitor's visa, but we knew we wanted to be together. Um, so we started planning for the wedding and we got married. That's our wedding. With medical bills piling up, the couple applied for a spousal sponsorship. While waiting for an answer, Endang's visa ran out. Six months later, the government seized her passport, her residency denied for overstaying her visa and for being sick. We just want to see her yes. stay here and, yeah. and um, her hope of getting a transplant is yeah. in Canada here. Endang can't afford dialysis in Indonesia and their people without money are simply turned away. Kidney transplants are rarely done and surgery costs are out of pocket. Endang and Patrick are appealing the Canadian government's decision to deport her on compassionate grounds. We have to explain what risks Endang would face if she was to be removed from Canada and uh, how that would be a danger to her life. The couple has secured a lawyer willing to work with them for free. And they're holding on to hope that Endang will be allowed to stay. So I can continue my life with my husband and my family in here. They all... Now, the push for a rainbow crosswalk in Merritt has inspired a local business to paint their parking lot today. The owners of the Coldwater Hotel first raised a rainbow flag on top of their building. Then friends of the hotel and students from Merritt Secondary School painted their entire parking lot in the colours of the rainbow. This is all to show solidarity with the LGBTQ community. Last month, Merritt City Council rejected a proposal for a rainbow crosswalk near their school. In response, two Vancouver lawyers offered up their two parking lots in Merritt to be painted. The hotel hopes to keep this parking lot painted this way permanently. 
the 47th annual Juno Awards. They're going on right now at Rogers Arena in Vancouver. ET Canada got a quick chance to interview host Michael Bublé as he walked down the red carpet with his pregnant wife. That red carpet laid out on the Georgia Viaduct for a night celebrating the best in Canadian music. It opens again to traffic at around 3 o'clock tomorrow morning. Still ahead, it was a dramatic police chase and it was all caught on tape how the driver of a stolen semi just kept on going even after the tyres on his car blew out. And a special day on the local slopes for kids with autism and their families. Welcome back. Well, discarded used needles in a Kamloops community has forced a father to speak out and warn others about the dangers. His son was pricked by one last week. Our report is from CFJC News. Probably by the spray painting up there. By just the, up at the top there? Yeah, or? just up at the top. A fun day of exploration turned frightening Wednesday when 12-year-old Landon and his stepbrothers ventured a little too far from home. We found some needles, and so we went to go away from them, and then we seen a bag with candy and needles in them. Knowing the needles were a potential hazard, the boys decided to remove them from the area. So we tied up the bag and ran back home, and as we were coming back home, I got pricked in the leg with the, one of the needles. You see a whole bunch of needles on the ground also? Yes. Just... Landon's father, Jeff Arlett, was out looking for the boys when he received word that Landon had been poked by a needle. I came back as quick as I could, um, of course washed his leg with soap and water and and uh, rushed him to the hospital and, and went from there. So All right, I, okay. Landon was given a tetanus shot and had blood taken for analysis and he requires follow-up blood work over the next two months. The interesting thing here is it's very rare for kids actually to get poked. It's usually uh, adults uh, that work in the industry um, that are picking up the needles. So the doctor had to phone the Centre of Disease Control in Vancouver um, in regards to whether to give him the prophylaxis shot. While Arlett waits for more information, he's asking other parents to be vigilant in teaching their children about what to do when they come across needles. All the needles and garbage are showing up now, and this is spring break right now. This is a big uh, concern, and I, and I think that um, parents really need to be aware that, I mean, we don't always know where our kids are at all times. Arlett hopes city bylaw officers will prioritize the cleanup of needles now that the snow has melted. And then there was probably about 10 or 12 on the ground in the dirt. As for Landon, he's learned a valuable lesson about what to do if he ever finds another needle. Just not to go near needles and just to stay away from anything like that. And don't go away for where you're not supposed to go. Just go tell a parent if you see anything bad. Absolutely. Lots of happy children on Mount Seymour today, getting the chance to try something new. Yeah. Great experiences for these guys. 20 children living with autism and their siblings took part in the first annual Seymour Autism Snowboard Day today. Each one supported by a trained autism therapist and a snowboard instructor. The Surf's Up Society for Autism, or Super, says it's all about getting these kids to enjoy something different for the first time. It's just another thing that families can maybe enjoy together as a family. A lot of families with, uh, with autism, living with autism, they, they don't get to do a lot of the typical things. And this here, we're hoping that families will take that and be able to do days like this, go, go skiing, go snowboarding, go surfing, go skateboarding, right? It's, it's those kind of things that they can do together. He gets a new experience. Uh, I think he gets to learn a little bit about himself. 
and uh, he, he was pretty apprehensive this morning. He wasn't sure what what, what the day was going to entail, um, and he's not a big fan of change. So when he's coming into something totally blind, uh, that's a challenge on top of already all the layers that he has um, of challenge in his life. But um, once he was here, he settled in, and he's well-supported. He's got a three-to-one ratio with uh, support workers and, uh, and a coach, so he's doing well. As a parent, it's rare for me to just be able to uh, get out to these kind of events and relax and enjoy myself because there's almost always so much stress and work involved. So today I really get to stand back and just be a parent for a while and watch the smile on my son's face and see him have a new experience. Absolutely and brilliant. That is Lots so good of smiles. Good to see. Job. Yeah, and uh, it looks like it's still good to head up uh, on some of the mountains as well. Right yeah, now. the local mountains. Uh, for those who still have spring break, I know a couple of schools are back this week, and some will still be on spring break. Uh, we are looking at the potential once again for some wet snow, and I'll have the timing in just a moment. But earlier this afternoon, our very own Pat Bell uh, shot some hail, and this was just at the cut in North Vancouver. It's a mixed bag. Once again, we could see the potential for the evening hours. So if you're out and about, we could see some pockets with hail and we are looking at uh, the chance for some wet hail current satellite and radar so it is going to remain unsettled and we are going to see a push of moisture moving in most areas it's going to fall as rain for lower elevations but higher elevations the potential once again for some snowfall we'll outline what next week looks like especially if you're on spring break or if you're heading uh, for your morning commute on monday morning all right cheers for that yvonne and barry what do you got first well uh, canucks are playing their uh, second last road game of the season on uh, dallas a place they've really struggled on over the years but this year, they've won 6 nothing, and they're winning again in the third. So that game could be over by the time uh, I see you in a few minutes. And uh, curling fans around Canada rejoicing after the uh, Canadian women won the world championship in North Bay. So highlights of that as well. All right, brilliant. Thank you very much for that too. Also, on the news front, still ahead, adult film star Stormy Daniels has gone on record saying she was threatened to keep quiet about her alleged, uh, her alleged affair even with U.S. President Donald Trump. And at least 37 dead as a fire sweeps through a shopping mall in Russia. The latest details on the way. All right, let's bring you an update now on that major crash that shut down northbound lanes of Highway 99. It's causing massive delays in Delta tonight. This happened at around 5 o'clock at 80th Street in Delta. Uh, one southbound lane of the highway is closed as well. And as you can see from those pictures there, several cars are involved in this crash. Uh, an SUV is also flipped on its side. Uh, no word on injuries at this point. Uh, Dees Island Traffic Services have told us that Highway 99 north from Highway 10 is going to be shut down indefinitely. Uh, as you can imagine, emergency crews there trying to clear the scene. No idea how long that is going to take. Investigators in Alberta are trying to figure out what made a man try to outrun police in a stolen transport truck. And some of that dramatic chase was all caught on camera. Officers managed to shut down a street in Airdrie, north of Calgary, to traffic before a massive tractor trailer barrels through an intersection. The wheels sparking as the driver tries to get away. RCMP and Calgary police officers pursued the vehicle using spike belts, but the driver just kept on going. Wasn't quite sure actually what to think. It was uh, what uh, what would induce a person to you know to keep out running authorities like this, especially in something as big as a semi. The tractor trailer eventually did come to a stop. The driver now in custody with charges pending. The truck was stolen from Red Deer on Thursday. In Ontario, a shocking display of intolerance and hate at a local mosque. 
a woman tearing pages out of the Holy Quran and then putting them on car windshields before entering the worship space and confronting members of the Muslim community. As Alison Vuchnik of Global Toronto reports, police are now investigating. By designating Quran as a hate literature. It started outside of a mosque in Mississauga, a woman ripping pages from the Quran and capturing it on video. Then putting pages on windshields in the parking lot, she continues her rant. Satanic evil book, Muslims, because the true Muslims are ISIS. On the video, she identifies herself as Sandra Solomon and claims she is visiting mosques to expose Islam. She also went inside where prayers were taking place. Oh, garbage. On the video, she says the word terrorists while picking up religious books. She is asked to leave. Islam to okay. the world. Okay. And I'm not afraid, I'm not a coward. Which God you worship? You worship Satan. The video captured Thursday was posted online, but it's since been removed. Police are now investigating the incident and two other incidents that happened on the same day. We are treating this as a hate-motivated incident, and we do treat these matters uh, very seriously at the time. She came over here, and she was grabbing random books and then holding them to the man that was videotaping her. Angie Hindi is the assistant principal at the Islamic Center School. She is thankful the students had left for the day. This is Canada. Why, 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 why are you trying to create um, hatred and, and disunity? Like, we can all coexist. She's a known Islamophobe and uh, anti-Muslim activist. For the larger community, they say they are familiar with a woman and she has visited other centers. Promotes all sorts of rhetoric which is inaccurate, incorrect, and intended to instill fear and hatred uh, in people against their Muslim neighbors, co-workers, uh, friends, members of society. Solomon has posted other videos taken in other parts of the country claiming to have converted from Islam to Christianity. This one in Fort McMurray. I'm going to continue my tour across the country. If you need Solomon did not respond to our request for an interview. Police are reviewing security footage and the details, including information that the Quran Solomon is seen ripping belongs to her. They are asking witnesses to come forward. Alison Vushnik, Global News, Toronto. A much quieter day in Washington, D.C. today after the massive March for Our Lives rally there and across the U.S. yesterday. Students say their, their fight for gun control laws will go on. They're focused now on the midterm elections in November. One day after the massive March for Our Lives rally, a quieter Washington. But the teenagers demanding stricter gun control laws remain ready for battle, vowing to go to the polls and vote out lawmakers who won't act. If we can encourage these people to take action, to be participating in our society, in our politics, then that, that's going to encourage our, our voters to actually turn out. Youth voter turnout in the 2014 midterm elections was the lowest in 40 years. I believe that we will win! But March organizers believe 2018 will be different, and they are ready to fight the NRA. The second we want to put common sense regulations on these assault weapons, the NRA will say they are trying to steal every single one of your guns, and people believe them. Fortunately, the majority of the American people see past this. Some lawmakers are hopeful this youth movement could lead to change. This era of fake news and disinformation, to see the genuineness of all those young people, 
I think this time it's going to be different. But many Republicans are more reluctant. Every citizen, as long as they are law-abiding, also has the right to exercise their Second Amendment rights. The students also say the newly signed government spending bill, allocating $2.3 billion to make schools safer, is not enough to change the epidemic of gun violence. Jennifer Johnson, NBC News, Washington. Stormy Daniels, the woman who claimed she had an affair with Donald Trump before he became president, has been speaking about her experience in a new television interview. She says she was threatened to keep quiet. You realize exactly what I'd gotten myself into. And I was like, oh, here we go. Stormy Daniels, an adult film star, speaking to Anderson Cooper. She says that she met Trump in 2006. He invited her to his suite and promised her that he would try to get her on the show The Apprentice. That didn't happen. She then says they met a few more times. And then in 2011, she wanted to tell her story to a magazine, but was worried about her safety. A guy walked up on me and said to me, leave Trump alone, forget the story. And then he leaned around and looked at my daughter and said, a beautiful little girl, it'd be a shame if something happened to her mom. Well, Trump, you might remember, won the Republican nomination and the story was about to come out again. She claims Trump's lawyer then paid her $130,000 just days before the election for her silence. The question is whether the lawyer violated election finance laws. At least 37 people are dead after a fire broke out at a shopping mall in Russia. Thick black smoke billowed from the multi-story building in a Siberian city about 3,000 kilometers east of Moscow. Local media there saying 69 other people are still missing, 40 of them believed to be children. So far, no word on what sparked the fire. Local media reporting it started on the top floor and consumed an area of about 1,500 square meters. The first non-stop commercial flight from Australia to Europe landed at London's Heathrow Airport today. The Qantas Airways flight took off from Perth yesterday with more than 200 passengers and 16 crew on board. The trip lasts just over 17 hours and covers more than 14,000 kilometres. The new direct route cuts the journey by about three hours after skipping stopovers in the Middle East. Passengers were greeted in London by airline staff. It, currently, it is currently the world's second longest passenger flight after Qatar Airways route from Doha to Auckland, New Zealand. Meantime, the world's largest cruise ship is now ready for its first voyage. Yesterday, Royal Caribbean's Symphony of the Seas left the French shipyard where it was built and it's bound for Barcelona. That is its inaugural trip with passengers set for March the 31st. The ship is 18 decks high, almost as long as the Empire State Building is tall and can hold up to 6,680 passengers. The ship will spend its first few months sailing in the Mediterranean before going to Miami to operate cruises to the Caribbean. Coming up, helping man's best friend. Researchers set out to find out why one particular breed of dog is at the highest risk of getting cancer. Stay with us.
All right, welcome back. Let's uh, take a look at the weather for you now. Or Yvonne will take a look at the weather for us <laughs> right now. And it's been, all, it's been all right. We had a bit of sunshine today. Yeah, a few breaks in there, depending on where you were, a few pockets. Uh, we did see the reports of hail. It is going to be a mixed bag once again, especially for many areas. And that's developing overnight and leading in towards our Monday. And I'll show you more in just a moment. We have had spotty showers in a few pockets across the island throughout much of the afternoon. It'll continue and intensify in terms of the moisture, especially late this evening and leading into the overnight. Here's a shot of English Bay and what we're seeing. So still a few breaks out there, but we are definitely seeing the rain on our doorstep late this evening. Temperatures right now sitting at 8 degrees with a southerly wind, a southeasterly wind at 19 kilometers per hour. Nine the high today. Average for this time of the year sits at 11. A few other numbers. We're currently sitting at 8 degrees for Kelowna, 6 for areas near Trail, 4 for Prince George. Good evening into Bella Coola at 5 and Victoria with your current temperature at 8. Satellite and radar, we have seen the snow eased off for the northeastern corners of the province. I will show you the Pine Pass in just a moment, but still flurries this evening, anywhere between 2 and up to 4 centimetres. The moisture that is pushing in across the south coast will be heavy at times. So the Pine Pass, this is a current shot of the um, of the Drive BC t- uh, camera shot, anywhere between 2 and up to 4 centimetres, but the snowfall warning has ended for your region. Future cast into play, the moisture that pushes in, heavy at times. Green is where we're seeing the rainfall, but mixed precipitation. Precipitation and wet snow will be for higher elevations, stretching in towards the valley. And then it'll change over to rain as the temperatures do start to bump up. With it for the overnight tonight, we're also going to see very windy conditions by the water. And the heaviest rain will really continue even towards our Tuesday. Tonight, we're still looking at the risk of hail. It is very unsettled out there. Windy near the water for the overnight. It'll be wet snow overnight and continuing for the morning hours. And we're going to see it windy, especially over the southern sections. Here's a glance at what we're seeing in terms of the numbers. Most areas 15 and up to 25 millimeters for Monday, but come Tuesday leading into Wednesday, we're looking at upwards of 30 millimeters of rainfall, so a significant amount over the next two days. For the piece, an additional 5 and up to 10 centimeters for most areas, but once again, for the Pine Pass along Highway 97, the snowfall warning has ended, and most areas will start to see that snow easing off. Whitehorse will see a nice bright start to the morning and increase in cloud cover and a chance of flurries developing for the evening. Coastal sections will be looking at rain and heavy at times up to 25 millimeters by the end of the day tomorrow. But for the morning hours, inland sections seeing up to two centimeters of snowfall. Caribou and central interior, two and up to four centimeters of snowfall tomorrow. A southerly wind with gusts of up to 60 kilometers per hour. Columbia and Kootenai region will see that snow changing over to rain with temperatures bumping up to seven degrees. In most areas for the southern interior, the tops in Okanagan will start off as snow, changing over to rain. Whistler, five centimeters tonight with an additional two centimeters for tomorrow. And along the island, very windy if you're near the water. Most areas will see that rain and heavy at times. For us across Metro Vancouver, heads up for higher elevations. We are looking at that snow for the early morning hours and then changing over to rain. Sonia? All right. Thank you very much for that, Yvonne. Uh, Golden Retrievers are very popular dogs, of course, but sadly the breed has a very high rate of being diagnosed with cancer. Now one Golden Retriever in Virginia is trying to help his fellow dogs in order to reverse that trend. Go out. The sweet and playful Golden Retriever, one of the most popular dog breeds in America, with a special talent for getting even so-called grown-ups to join in the fun. See, guys, there's nothing to it. But as Chris Campisi has learned through painful experience, they also rate high on another scale. 
Goldens have a high probability for cancer. About 60 percent, one of the highest rates in dog world. She recently lost one golden to cancer, and now seven-year-old Malachi has a brain tumor. They're such a part of your life, and when it's time for them to go, it's hard. Good boy. Looking for answers, she entered three-year-old Nicodemus, who's perfectly healthy, in a national study of about 3,000 golden retrievers. The goal is to understand why the cancer rate is so high. She spends hours each week gathering information. I have to keep track of everything they eat, the water they drink, um, the chemicals I use around the house. Am I correct that Nicodemus has a Fitbit? Yes, he does. It's called a whistle, and it stays on him all the time so that it can record his activity and his sleep. Hey, buddy. How you doing? At frequent medical exams, veterinarian Laney Rhymes takes samples of his hair and nails. They're looking for environmental stuff that the dogs might be exposed to that would concentrate in the nails. And even while he's giving blood, that tail keeps on wagging. Campisi hopes the study will eventually help all dogs, including hers, to live longer lives. Very nice. And so do they. Is that your best bud? You is see, Nicodemus is a therapy dog for special needs children. And they are counting on him to live a long and healthy life. Chipri, CBS News, Springfield, Virginia. Gorgeous, gorgeous dogs. Still ahead, how you could be the one naming one of these cute puppies. We'll tell you about the public plea and how you can get involved. But Barry is up next with sports. All right, welcome back. Uh, it is all yours, Basil. All right, let's go with it. Let's we'll <laughs> do some Canucks. They're making a late-season uh, push here. Uh, thanks, Sonia. The Canucks are less than uh, two weeks away from summer vacation, just seven to play, including tonight in Dallas against the Stars. Dallas was in good shape for a playoff spot about three weeks ago, but the Stars have fallen hard, losing seven straight and are now a long shot to get into the postseason. Defenseman Ashton Sotner, first NHL game in for Chris Tanev, who's hurt again. Fifth time Tanev's been out with an injury, this time a knee. Jacob Markstrom was in fine form early. Nice glove snag off Tyler Sagan. And then later on the two-on-one, Sagan to Jamie Benn, but Markstrom... Spectacular pad save here to keep this scoreless. Late in the first on the power play. Canucks cough it up. Matthias Janmark breaking away and he will snap home his 19th of the year past Markstrom. 1-0 Dallas on the shorthanded goal. But just 30 seconds later, Canucks get it back. Former Dallas star UC Jokinen with the hard pass. Tipped in nicely by Reed Boucher for his third of the year. It's a power play goal, 1-1 after one. Second period, Canucks score at the very end of a four-minute power play. Nick Dowd with his third of the year off the post, off Kerry Lettinen, and in. 2-1 Canucks, third period. Another tough goal for the Stars to stomach. Jake for 10, and from the sharp angle, Lettinen, what's he doing? That kind of goaltending doing them no favors during this March collapse. For Tannen's ninth, it ends 4-1. They got an empty netter from Tyler Mott. Eighth straight loss for Dallas. Canucks home to Anaheim Tuesday. Predators and Jets, I think the two best teams in the West. Showdown tonight in Winnipeg. Very late first period, 1-0 Preds. Kyle Turris 
just beats the buzzer by .3. It's a good goal, 2-0 Predators after one. Second period, Jets power play. And the rookie, Kyle Connor, with his 29th, ties him with Brock Besser for the rookie goals lead. 2-1 Preds. Nashville went up 3-1, but Winnipeg answers. Big buff. Dustin Bufflin with the screenshot. That's a power play goal. It's 3-2. What an intense game this has been. Playoff atmosphere. They don't like each other. Big scrum in front. Tyler Myers goes over to P.K. Subban. Gives him a chokehold. Subban trying to bait Shifley into a fight. Myers didn't appreciate it. What a game this has been. Brian Little with a big shot there to tie it at three. Nashville went ahead, but then early in the third, Jets even it again. Blake Wheeler on the rebound. It's 4-4 late third. Please, please meet in the playoffs. Nashville and the Jets. That's a great rivalry right now. Penguins and Flyers, speaking of a rivalry, I could possibly meet in the first round of the playoffs. Philly's got to get there first, but they're in reasonable shape. Evgeny Malkin's 42nd, just two behind Ovechkin for the NHL scoring lead. 3-2 Pittsburgh. Now in the third, tied at three, Sidney Crosby. Look at him protect the puck. Waits, waits, and then uses that big strength and then fires it to the top shelf past Peter Mrazek. Sid's 26th, 4-3 Penguins. Looked like that would be the game winner, but with the goalie out, final minute, Sean Couturier bags the rebound, and the Flyers send it to overtime, tied 4-4. These two teams always play great high-scoring games. In overtime, Crosby again. Quick decision, fires the pass right on the blade of Brian Rust for the deflection. Top of the corner there. Penguins win 5-4. Penn second in the Metropolitan Division. Three points behind Washington. Three up on the Flyers with six to go for both teams. Western League playoffs last night. Speaking of intense, Giants and Royals have never liked each other. Tyler Popovich, Tanner Kaspik dropping the gloves. Second period, 3-2 Royals. But Milos Roman, strong move here for the Giants. Roofs it to tie it 3-3. This game was back and forth. Royals regained the lead on the power play. Jared Frederick with the screenshot. Finds the back of the net, makes it 4-3. Giants, though, respond just 17 seconds later. Bowen Byram with the point shot. Deflected in by Dawson Holt. That's his second of the game. Ties it up 4-4. But just a couple minutes before the end of the period. Nice play by Matthew Phillips over to Jeff DeWitt. 5-4, that was the game winner. So the series is tied at one. Game three back at the Langley Event Center Tuesday night. Women's World Curling Championship from North Bay, Ontario. Canada and Sweden in the final. Jennifer Jones, a perfect 13-0 this week. But the Olympic champions standing in their way of world gold. Ninth end, Jones, a fantastic long raise double takeout. Scores two. Canada led 6-4. But Anna Hasselberg matched that with one of her own. You don't win the Olympic gold by not making great clutch pressure shots. The game on the line, final stone of the 10th, and she does that to score two and send the game to an extra end. In the 11th, Hasselberg faced with another tough one, has to chip that Canadian shot stone out of the rings. Big weight, and this time she misses it. So Canada, Jennifer Jones with her second world title, 7-6 over Sweden in 11 ends. The men's worlds start next week in Las Vegas. Brad Gushu will represent Canada in that one. Still to come, the Raptors look to start a new win streak against the Clippers. And a look back at an unfulfilling scoreless draw for the Whitecaps last night against the L.A. Galaxy. Stay with us. 
Welcome back. Well, the good news, the Whitecaps extended their home on Beaton Street to 11 matches last night, but it was just a nil-nil draw against an L.A. Galaxy team that was literally missing half of its starting lineup. It was a lost opportunity for the Whitecaps, who know piling up points early in the season can only help down the stretch when the going gets much tougher. Whitecaps haven't lost at home since last July. Another sellout crowd last night enjoying the match. Would have liked to have seen a goal. They came close a couple of times. Kristen Tichero with the left footer just over the crossbar. Moments later, another great opportunity for the Caps. Jordy Reyna down the left side in alone, but just a little too close to the keeper here. Makes the save, denied there. Zero, a nil-nil at half. Ten minutes into the second, the Galaxy kind of sat back because of their lack of pop. Had a chance on the counter, but somehow Emmanuel Boateng misses. Whitecaps fortunate there. Later, Kai Kamara with dogged determination, but just can't finish the job. Caps and Galaxy end in a nil-nil draw. Disappointing for the Caps, who need to win these kind of games. 6-0-5 in their last 11 home games. They're on the road at Columbus next weekend. NBA Today, Raptors and the L.A. Clippers. Toronto needs to win six of its last nine to guarantee the top seed in the East. Late third one-point game. Bullet pass from Kyle Lowry to Pascal Siakam for the dunk. Tied at 80 after three. But the Clippers, in a desperate fight for a playoff spot in the West, dominated the fourth. Montrezl Harrell throws it down. Part of a 16-0 Clipper run. Raps got to within a five, but Lou Williams was unstoppable in the fourth. Hits the long two as the shot clock runs out. Raptors lose for just the seventh time on home court in 37 games. Toronto's lead over Boston down to three and a half atop the East. World match play golf from... Austin, Texas, Bubba Watson against Kevin Kistner in the final, and this one lacked drama from the outset. Opening hole, Watson with the smooth stroke here for birdie, takes a one-up lead, and he uh, literally never looked back. Kistner would make four straight bogeys as was five down through five. Kistner seemed mentally fried after a playoff win over Alex Norn in the semis, just didn't have any juice to compete against Bubba. He played so well all week, but just sprayed the ball a lot and made a lot of mistakes in this final. 12th hole, Bubba will mercifully close it out. 7-6 and six the final. Alex Noren did win the consolation final over Justin Thomas, 5-3. and three. Third round of the Miami Open, Bashak Pospisil taking on second seed Marin Cilic. Cilic won the opening set 7-5, went to a tie break in the second. Vashik with some deep ground strokes. Chilich will net it. Vashik playing very well this week. Two nice wins heading into this match. Gave Chilich everything he could handle, but the second seed does prevail. 7-5-7-6. Pospisil does move up to the number 75 world ranking. Later tonight, Milos Raonic versus Argentine uh, Diego Schwartzman. And tomorrow, Denis Shapovalov plays Sam Query. That is it for sports. We are back with more right after this. Here's a look at your snow report. Whistler Blackcomb with a base of 314 centimeters. Grouse 440. Cypress 442. Sasquatch 389. Revelstoke with a base of 264. Manning Park 205. Powder King with 49 new centimeters of snow and a base of 305. Mount Washington a base of 230. Big White with 6 new centimeters, a base of 312, Silver Star 260, Sun Peaks 239, Apex 12 new centimeters, and a base of 296. All right, let's get you an update on a multi-vehicle crash that has shut down Highway 99 in Delta. It's causing huge backups 
Uh, let's show you these pictures. As you can see, an SUV is on its side. Another car has crashed into the median there. Uh, this happened just after five. It has shut down northbound lanes of Highway 99 at 80th Street and one southbound lane. No word on injuries right now. Drive BC are estimating that this part of the highway uh, will be open again at some time between 10 p.m. and 1 a.m. tonight. All right, keep an eye on that uh, and updates at 11. Finally tonight, an appeal for some puppies who all need names. This litter of golden retriever puppies will soon be working for Pacific Assistance Dogs, helping people live, living with disabilities. YVR sponsored the litter. They're part, partnering with PADS for a puppy naming contest. They received hundreds of submissions. The airport has got a short list of favorites now, and you can start voting tomorrow via YVR social media channels. I always thought Bruce would be a good name. Bruce. Bruce? Yeah. And only one of them. <laughs> Just for one. Just for yeah, one. I don't want to call them all Bruce. Thank you very much for watching. <laughs> good night. Good night.